never felt a huge connection with God. Yeah, my relationship with God was impersonal, I'd say. We were trying to get back into church. Um, I had been out for a while, and she had left her previous church. But at church, no one was really interested in us. They were just interested in what we could do for them. So I grew up basically from childhood uh, in a Catholic church. We would go most Sundays, um, definitely for midnight mass, Christmas Eve, and some holidays like Easter. The messages hit me once in a while, but um, never to the point where I felt like running home and digging deeper into my Bible and, and learning more and growing more. We had to really take into consideration how do we feel about where we're going to go and where we're going to raise our children at, at a church and would we be accepted. What brought me here first was um, the need for a drummer for a Thanksgiving serv uh, service. Um, so I just filled the, filled the gap. Uh, it went horribly. It was a disaster. I was behind the kit praying to God to get me through that service. But we came to Momentum because first place my son and daughter-in-law and granddaughters came here they loved it. So we followed them about a week later. We loved it. I mean, like, I think we've been Christians since 2001. We've been church members somewhere since 2001. Not once has that ever happened. Not one time have I had a, an in-depth conversation like that with a pastor, let alone the pastor of the church. I was in a low spot and just collapsed in, in the room there in between services um, and reached out and Everyone was there for me, uh, and I knew God had started being there for me too. But I feel here at Momentum, I'm gradually opening up and kind of getting out of that shell of wanting to volunteer more, wanting to be, be an active Christian, being an active follower of Christ. I can personally say that the, we are family here, like we are valued here, and this is where we want to be at for the rest of our time. Yeah, and so from that point, God just keeps showing us that we belong at a place that is interested, not necessarily in what we can do for them, but in us. People here love God, they love Jesus, and they live like they love Jesus. And that is very, very rare. Ooh, praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. That video touches my heart. Um, I'm going to say it real quick right off the bat. That video is not an advertisement. Come on. That's not what the purpose of that video is this morning because I'm talking to the crowd. I'm talking to us. We're in the house, right? That's our family saying those words. That's people looking for something that they're finding through Jesus here in this house, and you're the people that's allowing Jesus to move in and through your life to make that possible. This, this isn't advertising here. You know, this touches my heart, and, and, and it ties into what we're going to talk about today. I love what Jeff said, our drummer, one of our drummers. He said, everyone was there for me, and I knew God had started to be there for me too. Come on. That's what church should be about. Every one of us, last week we looked at how every one of us at times in our spiritual walk, we have doubts and disbeliefs, and we struggle. We believe, but help our unbelief, Jesus. And then you come into a house of God where people, you start to rub off on each other, you know? You start to stir each other, and you start to encourage each other. And, and next thing you know, you have comments like that coming from Jeff where I was in a dark spot and between services. Man, I was just laid there, and God touched me and began to allow people to come and, and, and minister. That's what happened, minister to me and befriend me. And at that moment, God started to be there 
for me too, you know. Let me say it this way. Everyone needs a group of friends in their life that let them have a fresh start. That's not an advertising piece. It's just letting you know this is a house where we're going to let you have a fresh start. Say fresh start. Because there's some folk in here that came in here broke, busted, and disgusted. Amen. And God has met you where you're at. And many of you years later, man, you are alive and you're thriving, you know. There's others that are coming here and they see the people alive and thriving and they go, God, I don't know if I can ever walk in that. But you know what? You can and you will, but not alone. But man, there's people in your life. That's what church is all about. Saying, man, we're all different spots of growth and development. But man, God's going to take you where he desires if you'll let him. And so everyone needs a group of friends that will let them have a fresh start. Have you ever had people in your life that wouldn't let you forget your past? They wouldn't let you have a do-over, right? Oh, yeah, I think every one of us in this room have experienced those things before. Maybe a single woman here and your, your boyfriend won't let you have a do-over. You found Jesus and everything within your heart saying, I want him to be the lover of my soul. I want Jesus to be everything. But you get with your boyfriend and he begins to lie in your ear. He may not say it, but he says, I'm first. Love me more. Begins to tell you who you are when you know that's not who you are anymore. But the enemy of our heart would love to keep us from, from God's best. And, and I love it when we we're children, as we looked last week, as children, it's so easy for children to believe. And as children, when you were wrongly done, like in a ball game or some sort of a game, all you had to shout out was, that's all you had to say. Just let me say it one more time. Just a nice little do over, you know? That's all you had to say. That's how. It would be awesome if we could experience that on a daily basis, you know, where we wake up in the morning and we go, do over, fresh start, you know, fresh start. And in a sense, the word says that in the morning there comes new mercies of God every day. So in a sense, there is a sense of do over. But today I want to talk about new identity. Today I want to talk about new family. I want to talk about this thing that Jesus does in our lives when he does a spiritual do-over. Over the last week and the next few weeks, we're looking at hitting this reset button. Because sometimes when it comes to us personally, the person that won't let you have a do-over is yourself. Now, today we're going to look here in a little bit about the family of God and how that plays into part. But we kind of got to talk about our own personal walk first. That's why I believe, I do think you need family, spiritual family. I believe you need some people in your life helping you see you in the light of how God sees you. That's what church does. That's not an advertising piece. When you get to be a part of a body and you're having your identity reshaped and formed by God, that doesn't happen alone. That happens in community. And as that's happening, just like today, this sermon is going to help some of you because you'll leave here today and you're going to go, that's who I am in Jesus? I never knew. Others of you may leave here still with doubt, but you'll go to a journey group. You might go to a small group. You may go get coffee with a fellow believer this week, and that person begins to speak life into you. And at that point, you start to go, I heard that on Sunday. I'm hearing that again. Really? That's who I am? Yeah, that's who you are in Jesus. It's a whole new you, you know, a new identity. That's what we have in Jesus. So I want to take a moment and pray and just ask God to bless today, bless this word on us. I was so thankful, and I want to say thanks to Jesus. Just last week's teaching, if you missed it, please go listen to the podcast. Not because your preacher is all that great of a preacher, okay? But Jesus showed up last week. 
I mean, oh my goodness. And I'll be honest, who I am is weak at times. And on Thursday before Sunday, I called my wife and I said, honey, my hands are literally shaking. I'm so anxious over the preparation of this sermon. I know God's going to do something great in people's lives. I can't get what's in my heart and head on paper. I'm, I'm just, I'm a mess today. Pray for me. As I had the palsy, you know what I mean? Just pray for me. I was a mess. And man, God showed up in spite of me being a mess. Thank God. And he showed up, and I don't know if we've had a sermon in a long time where email after email, text after text, phone call of lives being changed, you know. We had a young woman all the way here from Washington State who God encouraged her faith. She went back home, didn't realize that a workmate of hers had tried to commit suicide last week. She had words to say of hope to him because of Sunday. She has got the podcast into his hands to listen to, amen, to encourage him. Obviously, he's taking the right steps for health and well-being. But, man, you don't know what God does in this place week to week. And I just want to take a moment and thank him for that. So, Jesus, thank you so much. Lord God, the burden would be too much to come to this platform thinking that I have to have it all figured out. The burden would be too much to think that I have to speak in such a way that it just connects with everybody. But the filter of your spirit, you do a work, Jesus. And I thank you for that. We rest in that work. And we're strengthened in that work. And lives are changed in that work. And so today, Jesus, have, have your way with us. In your name I pray. Amen. So as we go forward, in a little bit, we'll talk a little bit about community. But as we go forward, let's start with ourselves first. Because that's how faith is. If you're here today, you might go, you know what? There's a whole lot of people in this room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we work out our own salvation, the Bible says, with fear and trembling. Each of us come to Jesus on our own. Now, there's people involved in that whole process. And there's people involved in your growth. But when it comes down to you, you're the one battling the darkness of your heart. You're the one battling the lies of the enemy over your mind when you're laying there in the bed at night on that pillow, you know? I'm not there with you, right? You got to thank God, you know? And so it starts with ourselves. So when it comes down to it, sometimes we let our past define our present. And, man, I want us to have a whole new reset today, a whole new, uh, just a, a fresh start when it comes to the identity that we have in Jesus. We are new in Christ. And as Christ followers, there's a symbol that we use that signifies this newness. And we do it right here usually. It's the baptismal waters, okay? We don't have a baptism on schedule right now, but if this sermon stirs you and you're like, I want to be baptized, just write on your connection card, I want to get baptized next time, okay? But, but that, that, that idea of the baptismal waters, it's a great picture of this newness of life. There's a physical reality that we see with the water, and then there's an invisible reality that we see with the water. The physical reality, the old man goes literally down into the water and then since the new man's coming up. But the spiritual significance is before your body ever touched that water, you were changed in a moment. And listen to this. We, 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 we act as if we're going to be saved. No, no, no. When you profess faith in Jesus Christ in that moment, you were saved. And, and there's a sense of reality that we're saved we're being saved, and someday Jesus will come and we'll be saved. I get that, okay? But, man, in the eyes of Jesus, if you struggle with identity, man, you are whole in him, complete in him. Complete, forgiven. But that's not fair. I know it's not fair to Jesus. It's not. That's why it's grace. That's why he laid his life down. It's how much that love of God was that he sent his only son for us. It blows 
my mind. And so in Christian baptism, we see this. And we're going to put this on the screen. Today, I'm not going to have you stand up. We've got a lot of scripture to cover today. I just want you to look here on the screen, Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. And if you want, you can um, open up your copy of the Bible. You have some of those, right? Does anybody bring this anymore? Just you look up there. Okay, good, good, good. It's good to bring this because you can always write in it and all that kind of good stuff. So, But Matthew chapter 3, verse 11 it says this, I baptize you with water for repentance. This is what John the Baptist was saying. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. This sense of baptism, we're going to look here in Romans in a little bit at some more scripture on baptism. But this sense of this change that takes place in our life, baptism literally means to be immersed. Now some of you may come up in different backgrounds where they, they, a little dabble do you, you know? They just, they, 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 you know, they, they, it was, they sprinkled you. That's cool, you know. But, but the scriptural meaning of that word, the Greek word, um, 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 baptismo, it literally means to be immersed. It means to be submerged. It means, I love this word, to be drenched is what it means. So there's a physical reality to that act of baptism where you're getting drenched. You're getting really wet, okay. And there's some of you that can't get past that. I can't do that in public. There's no way ever. I get that, I get that, but there's that physical sense, but check this, spiritually, there's a spiritual invisible reality that when you get saved, Jesus consumes you, he drenches you, he immerses you, he covers you with everything that he is, it's not you that lives any longer, but it's him that lives, and you live in him, and you're new, there's a new Identity. Jesus comes, he consumes you with himself, and literally you have a do-over when it comes to your life. A new identity. You are literally joined with him in his death, and his burial, and his resurrection. The death you deserved, he died. You know, the, 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 the burial that, that, that you deserved because of sin, he was laid to rest. And three days later, the grave could not hold them. And just like the grave couldn't hold him, when you come to faith in Christ, who you used to be is dead. And the grave, the enemy of your heart, can't hold who God wants to resurrect in your life. That newness of life, who you are in Jesus. Man, that's good stuff. And here's the thing about the Christian message. It's so simple, we forget how awesome it is. We've done comparative religion series before. About this time last year in September, I think it was, we did a series. You can go back and listen to it if you want. <laughs> There's nothing like Christianity. I remember talking to a Jewish fellow one day, and he said, you Christians have it so easy. You do whatever you want, and then you just ask forgiveness. Man, it made me sad to hear of another faith looking at our faith as being that weak. No, no, that's not what Christianity is. It's just you're a new person in Christ Jesus, and you live in Him. You have your life through Him. Old things, everything's passed away. You're a new creature in Jesus, and that changes how you live. But a lot of us, we don't change because we don't embrace who we are, who we really are. We embrace labels. We embrace things that have been placed on us, but we don't embrace the fact that we are new in Jesus. So in this passage, we saw here that he baptizes you, if you will, with Holy Spirit and fire. Literally, salvation unites you with the life of God. Salvation links you up with the power of Jesus to change your life. You can't be the same when fire touches you. It's going to leave a mark. Come on. I have a friend who had potato soup in a, 
oh, I almost got sued, in a container. We'll leave the brand nameless. And it was up in the microwave, and it's a microwave container. And she goes to pull it down, and as she does, this thing collapses on her. And you ought to see the mess of her skin right now, you know? Poor things just burn all over, clear to her ankles all the way over, everything. Because that hot potato soup just poured on her, you know? That hot, that fire, it changes you. It affects you. And it will affect your flesh. The power of the Holy Spirit will cause your flesh to rise up and look different. We're allowing God to identify us. In Romans chapter 6, it goes a little further with this. It says, do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death. Now watch this. In order that, say that, in order that. I love this. In order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Let's take out that, that little insert, okay, and go right to the end of the sentence structure. In order that you might walk in newness of life. Is it because you were so great? No, let's work our ways back. No, we were buried, therefore, by him, by the baptism into death. We were buried. It was our life buried in him that makes it to where we have newness of life. It's a do-over. It's a life do-over. And a lot of us in our lives, we've had a few bad experiences, right? Some of us, our few bad experiences turned into a few bad months. And we allow that to begin to shape us and identify us. Some of us, our few bad months turned into a few bad, a few bad years. And that identity begins to shape us. Some of us, if we're not careful, and that's why I'm here today, it, it turns into a, a bad life. Years and years of not realizing who you are in Jesus Christ. Not realizing that you are new in him already. And he brings up the lies. And he brings up, the enemy brings up all the, the, the negativity, all the things over us. But we are new already. Jesus has, has literally raised us from the dead so that we can have new life. You may be here this morning, you say, man, I feel like I'm a lost cause. I feel like maybe I've blown my life. No, no, there's a new beginning waiting for you. And that's what I love about baptism. It's a declaration of that fresh start. It's a declaration of that do-over. It's a physical sign of something that's happened on the inside, an invisible reality. So listen, when it comes to Jesus, he didn't die on the cross to change your beliefs. He didn't die to change your dogmas. He didn't die. No, he came and he died to give you a fresh start. And out of that do-over, your beliefs will change. And out of that do-over, your dogmas will change. And out of that do-over, your activities will change. Your desires will change. What the enemy loves to do in our heart is to allow those lies to try to keep us bought in to who we used to be and not able to grab a hold of who we are, not who we're going to be, who we are right now. We're people of faith. We, we got saved by faith, Galatians tells us, and we'll be perfected by faith. And the enemy loves to just jump in there and get our minds off completely who we are already in Jesus. Truth of the matter is, many have walked so long in light of who they have been that they fail to see themselves for who they are. Man, this morning I'm here to, just, to declare to you who you are in Christ is a new creature in Christ Jesus. Start at that point. But Ross, I struggle with this. I know, but you're a new creature. Start there. Don't start with the struggle. Start with your Savior. He has made you new right now, period. It says, for if we have been united with him in death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. 
We know that our old self was crucified with him. Watch this. In order that. Does that sound familiar? Does that sound a little bit familiar? I mean, just a second ago, we saw in order that, and then it said that we might walk in newness of life. Now we see in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin for one who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we also live with him. I love that, in order that, in order that. God has a plan for us to have newness of life. But the lie over our minds, the lie over our hearts, is that we'll never change. We'll always be who we've always been. In Romans 6, 8, it says, Now if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once and for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves to sin, dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. I love this. So we have to consider ourselves. In other words, we have to reconcile our emotions and reconcile our feelings and reconcile truth against fiction and reconcile our past against our present. And in our past, there may be some things that we say is truth, but just because it's truth or fact, let's say it that way, just because it's a fact of your past doesn't mean that it's a truth of your life right now. I love how the Bible will talk about it, you know, that, that there's... Us who practice righteousness, we, we're striving after God. And yes, you may struggle, I'll just use an example, you may struggle with alcoholism in this place today. But I don't care if you struggle with alcoholism. If you have Jesus in your life, you're not an alcoholic. You may have those symptoms of alcoholism, and you may even say, I'm an alcoholic. I get that. But that's not the label on your life any longer. You're a Christ follower who's about to get your victory. You're a Christ follower that God's going to work in and bring deliverance. You're a Christ follower. Go from that place of new identity to that place of deliverance. Go from that place of new identity to that place of, of change. Consider yourselves dead. Yeah, I know who I once was, but that's a dead man. This is who I am now. I'm alive to God in Christ Jesus. That's what it says, right? And so when those lies come up, I don't know what it might be. You, you're a gossip. Well, yeah, okay, Satan, I'm a, I'm a guy I was, you know. But you're talking about a dead man. You're a thief. Yeah, but you're talking about a dead man, you know. I don't know who you're talking about. I think is a great thing to begin to say, like when you start to sense that. You'll never change. Well, I don't know who you're talking about. Because I'm, I'm that's a dead man, you know. You're talking about a dead man. I, I, that's not who, that's not me. I don't know who you're talking about. You know, you may have a friend that won't let you live up, uh, live past your past. And they start to run their mouth about, I don't know who you're talking about. That's a dead man. You're right. That's who I was. But that's not who I am. Right? That's a dead man. You know, my, my, my papa, he died last year on my birthday on November 17th. That's a great day um, for buying presents. Just, just throwing that out there. But he died on my birthday. And listen, if you were to say to me, I saw your granddad last week doing such and such, I'd say you're crazy. You know why? Because he's a dead man. Dead men don't do such and such no more. You know, he is a dead man. I, it just seems strange to even hear if somebody was to say, I saw your granddaddy doing, no, no, he's dead. 
it ought to be just as strange when you consider yourself, that's what the scripture says, when you consider yourselves dead. When you start to hear the lie of the enemy in your mind about who you are, and it's, that's the dead man, that's not who I am anymore. When, when, when others won't let you live it down and you hear it back to you, that's not who I am anymore. That's a dead man that you are talking about. I am a new man in Christ Jesus, and the life I now live, the Bible says in this verse, I live to God. New man. Say new man. New man. You're united, whole with Jesus. That's who you are. Not fragmented, but a new man. Ephesians 4 says it this way, there is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all, who is over all, and through all, and in all, that's a lot of ones, right? Why? Because God's all about wholeness and completeness, not fragmentation. And the enemy would love to fragment us, to, to cause us to doubt who we are in him. It's not who you are, it's who you are in Christ. And who I am in Christ, I consider myself dead and alive to God. And so what God does is he comes and he works in a sense to help us, just like you have the baptismal waters, it's a, a visible thing for an invisible reality. The same way, there's an invisible reality of my righteousness... I am some kind of something, somebody. You don't even know it. I don't even know it. It's in Jesus. But my visible side needs to catch up with who I already am. Right? That's, that's how every one of us are. And so we have to consider that, that physical side that we're struggling with. That's dead. That's not who I am. Now, I'm not saying this is an excuse to sin. I'm saying this is the place to get started to have strength for victory. Because God's taking us to a place where we look more like him, walk more like him, talk more like him. But you know what? That journey, you're no more righteous when you get to the end. And you ain't struggling anymore in that one area. Because you'll be struggling in another, I guarantee it. It's just part of life. You're no more righteous in, this, in the midst of that struggle. You're no more righteous in the midst of that journey than you are at the end of that journey. Because your righteousness isn't about you. It's about him. Is that good? That's a new, that's that reset. That reminder, God, help me to be able to be confident that I am dead. Help me to be able to rec reconcile that. And that's what God does. He reconnects us with who we were created to become, you know. And every one of us have different identities, don't we? Every one. Of, I, I'm a dad, you know. I'm a, a husband. I'm a good husband, right, Amy? I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm a pastor, you know. I'm a church plant director. I mean, but when it comes to it, which of me is really the most of me? I'm all those things. I don't know how to not be all those things. I'm a relic hunter. Sorry. <laughs> yes, your pastor's a bit of a nerd. My hobby is going out with a metal detector with the old men. Beep, 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 you know, finding stuff. But I'm... <laughs> I'm a, a relic, I mean, all these things, you know. But God wants us to, to see ourselves in the light of him. Watch this. The word identity, a new identity. The word identity, it means this, the condition of being oneself and not another. Well, that's deep. <laughs> the condition of being oneself and not another. Well, who else would I be, right? Uh, who else would you be but yourself? But, but that's not true. 
we're so many things, aren't we? We're so many identities and so many things, and we get lost in it sometimes, you know? Identity, that, that condition of being oneself and not another. When you're in school, you remember how it was, and there's students here today, you tried to fit in, you tried to embrace other identities. Maybe you're a bit of a chameleon. I was. I was a huge chameleon. I could skateboard. That's the problem with being a, 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 a how do you say, jack of all trades and a master of none. You know, I could skateboard enough to where somebody would be like, man, you can skate. Yeah, I can skate for a minute, you know. Played in the band, played, you know, soccer, wrestle, you know, just a little bit of everything. Singing, choir, I could, I could do it all, but I was a chameleon, you know. I, I never felt like I was anything, really, but just kind of a chameleon. I, I kind of lost my identity in all that stuff, you know. I can remember even as an adult feeling that way. In my 20s, I had an old guy at the church, and he was talking about golf and the glorious recreation of golf and how all pastors should golf. And I had tried, like all good pastors, to learn to golf. But like I always say, a pastor shouldn't do anything that makes him want to cuss. Okay? And golfing makes me want to cuss a blue streak, you know? And I dirt bike. That was my thing, you know? And he even brought it up. And he's like, you out there in the dirt and dirt bikes, can't you have a more dignified activity? And I was like, man, how's it like? How, it's going to be hard for you to breathe my punch in the throat. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> I say one of my identities was a fighter a little bit too, but, but no, um, but, but seriously, I mean, that's, those are all little silly things, but all of us at times, people shape our identity, and we try to be something for people that we're not, and, and I would go golf with all these guys all the time, and I'll still, if you want to go golf, I'll enjoy being with you, company, I will, I'll, but I don't want to spend my own money doing it, I'm just being honest, that's how you know when you like something, you'll spend your own money doing it, and you'll go by yourself. All day long and do whatever that is. You don't need nobody else. Just give me some dirt and some Civil War stuff to find, and, and, and I, I'm, a, I'm good, you know. But when it came to golf, it just, that's just I tried, you know. And people here today, you, you try, you know. But let me ask it this way. Who else are you, and how many others have you become that are not you at all? I'm trying to please people. I'm trying to feel something that only Jesus can really give you. Who else are you and how many others have you become that are not you at all? That word identity, it also means this, remaining the same one under varying aspects or conditions. Everywhere you are, every circumstance you're in, with every person that you are, you're that same one, that essence. I've had guys say to me, you know, pastor, I, I want to be your friend. I don't, I don't want to just be a pastor. I want to be your friend. So, you know, you can let your guard down with me. I remember a guy in Ohio. You can let your guard down with me. You can, you know, just say what you want with me. Talk with, you know, I mean, just, I just want you to be yourself. I don't want you, and I was like, what do you want me to do? Go to a strip joint with you? That's what I said to him. And he said, no, what do you mean? I'm like, this is who I am. I can't be anything I'm not. I mean, do you want, I mean, I don't know what you're getting at, you know. Long story short, the guy had some real moral issues. And so he was hoping his pastor would jump in with that, you know. It's like, who do you think I am? You have to be who you are, right? But that thing that everywhere you are, that's identity. Now, we're going to go somewhere with this, all right? Because God wants that one. He wants you whole. You are that, that one in him, and you know who you are in him. There's an identity that you have. And, and, and identity, when you break it down into the, 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 the idea of the, 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 the Latin, not, not this isn't biblical, okay? This is just the entomology of the word. It means to repeatedly again and again and again be who you are. It's really it, just that repeatedly again and again, it's who you are. That's just your identity. Man, I just want that, God. 
I don't want to wake up in the morning and worry about who I'm trying to be. I just want to be who I am in you, Jesus. And every new role and every new thing and every new relationship and all that stuff, it, it, it plays with that, doesn't it? You know, it does. But, man, I want my identity rooted in him and consider everything else dead. I just want to be rooted in you, Jesus, you know. Um, a couple days ago on Wednesday, I was out with a guy. First time I ever met him. And um, we met up to do some metal detecting. And, um, and I was detecting, detecting. And after a little bit, he asked, so what do you do? I hate telling people what I do. Not because I'm ashamed of being a pastor, but it instantly changes the moment. It just, it always does. You know, I don't know where he's at in faith. And, and, um, and so there's been times in my life I've said, I'm an educator. <laughs> there's been times where I've said, I'm a communicator. There's a time in my life I said, oh, I'm a team leader. There's a lot of teams here, right? <laughs> so, um, you know... Uh, you know, I, I loved it when I had my carpet cleaning business because I would lead with that. Oh, I own a carpet cleaning business. Oh, really? And then that relationship, it wasn't tainted, if you will, by something supernatural, spiritual, whatever. And, and I could get to a place where I really understood who they were and their heart. And, and then I could start to interject Jesus into it. And, and um, sometimes when you say I'm a pastor, it instantly all these labels and thoughts and all this stuff comes up. Man, that messes with my head. You know, it does. And so when it comes to your life, you know, who are you? Uh, what is that identity that is just who you are? God wants to bring integrity to our life and a sense of wholeness to our life. When it comes to identification, that's a different thing, all right? There's identity and identification. Let's put the definition of that. The, identification, I think I have it, I might not. Identification is a means of labeling. That's what it is. We discover who we are by the labels we've been given and the labels we've accepted. And the source of identity often it fragments that truth, that label that's put on us. That's not who we are. People have put that on you. And so I want to know who I am in Jesus. I want a new, fresh start in him. I don't want the labels to define who I am. I want Jesus to define who I am. But it's human nature for us to always look for affirmation. It's human nature for us to always try to figure that out. When God all along was telling us who we were, that battle goes all the way back to Adam and Eve. Watch this. In Genesis chapter 3, now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord had made. And he said to the woman, did God actually say, you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. But God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden. Neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Now watch this. The serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When it comes to the first mirror that man ever looked into, the first mirror that man ever looked into was the eyes of the serpent. She looked right into the eyes of the serpent, and the reflection she saw of herself was one that needed. The reflection she saw of herself was one that needed more, needed affirmation, needed satisfaction. She looked in the eyes of the serpent, and her own mind started telling her lies before the serpent ever told her lies. Adam and Eve looked and decided they were not enough. They looked and decided all the trees that God had provided, everything, but it wasn't enough. They looked, and they were duped into believing something less than truth. And it began to shape everything. I mean, Satan said it this way. He said, you will become like God. They already were like God. That's the lie. Do you see that? 
That's always been the lie. The visible reality, yes, I have struggles, but the invisible reality, in him I am complete. Period. End of story. That old man was buried and the new man resurrected. But here, in this moment, the serpent's lying to them, trying to get them to understand they need something more. No, they were, they were made in the image of God. They already were like, I'm not saying they were God or even little gods. No, no, no. They were human. But they were human in, created in the Imago Dei, the image of God. And the enemy of their heart hated it, and he still hates it today. Because if people would get the understanding of who we are in Jesus, man, it would change our hearts forever. All the grasping, all the, 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 the struggle, all those things. God would bring us to a place where we, man, we can consider ourselves dead in, 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 in our sin and we're alive in Jesus. Instead of looking into the eyes of God and discovering who they were, they looked into the eyes, another set of eyes, and they discovered who they were not. That lie over their lives. And that's the thing about us is we spend our whole lives trying to find out who we are, don't we? What are the labels that you've taken upon yourself that shape your identity? What are those labels? Our whole life, we're trying to figure it out. Maybe other people. What are the labels other people put on you that shape your identity? In our whole lives, we try to figure that out. But watch this. In Colossians 3, it says, Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self. All those old things are gone. With the practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of the creator. Here there is not Greek and Jew and circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian and Scythian, slave-free, but Christ is all in all. In other words, when it comes down to it, all those labels don't mean a thing. Greek, Jew, rich, poor, doesn't matter. All the labels don't mean a thing when you put off your old self and you put on Christ. You're a new creature. Every single person you come in contact with has the opportunity to be a new creature. That's all that's important. It's not all of the labels. You have a new life. You are born again. You hear us say that term, born again. It just means that you have come to faith in Christ. You had a moment when you said, Jesus, I can't do this. I give you my life. And in that moment, you are born again. The physical reality, you may not have hit the bad physical waters yet, but the physical reality is, or the invisible reality is that you are new through and through. Period. That old self was drowning and weighed down by labels. Even now, if you allow the enemy to continue to lie, it's weighed down by labels saying who you are not. But through Christ, you have a do-over, and Christ can show you who you are. You have a new life in him. Now, what's beautiful about this is that not only do you have a new life in him, you have a new life, but also means you have a new family. That's why we started with that video, you know. Say this, say new you, new crew. I like that. You're not alone. I'm not saying you leave all your other friends that are in the lost and in the world. No, no. I mean, but I'm saying you, you, new you, new crew. There's people that you connect with. That video at the beginning was an advertisement. That was people that had connected here. I know their stories. Some of those stories I know deeper than, 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 than you'll ever know their stories. And to see what Jesus is doing in their life, man, it's the identity they have in Jesus and then his people cementing bolstering and strengthening that identity. That's what's a powerful thing. It says, put on then as God's chosen ones, 
holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. We do this in together. We do this together. It's how we grow. And if one has a complaint against another, forgive each other as the Lord has forgiven you. So you also must forgive. And above all these things, put on love which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Listen, this sermon is kind of that two-part. There's the idea of your own identity, and then this idea that God shapes your identity in community. He does. You choose to follow Christ for yourself, definitely. But you truly experience the influence of Christ through community. It's just what you do. Today, you're experiencing the influence of Christ through the teaching of the Word. It's through the community you have right here. Uh, worship, His presence is here. It's known, it's felt. The preaching of the Word is shaping you. Many of you are in small groups. That will shape you more. It's that community that we have. And so, yes, we have a new us, a new you, but we also have a new crew. That idea that we bear with one another as we're growing, as we're developing. And so I leave you with just that simple thought. Everyone needs a group of friends that lets them have a fresh start. You know why? Because you can't trust yourself. The lies we say over each other ourselves is so, so profound. You need a group of friends that will speak truth to you. You need a group of friends that will speak the word to you when you're having a hard time speaking the word for yourself. You need a group of friends in your life that, that when you want to be reminded and talk about who you've been, they're going to say who you are and who you are becoming, you know? And here at Momentum Church, we do that through journey groups. Next week, there's the journey group connect. If you're not in a journey group, please, next Sunday when service is over, go out in these hallways, meet those leaders, get in a small group because I believe God shapes us and gives us confidence for who we are in those connections. Right now, close your eyes for a moment. Jesus, we just come to you and we ask, Lord, for each of us that has at times the lie of the enemy over our heart, keeping us from truly having the confidence of who we are in you, God, we ask for your power. God, we ask for your strength, that you would come and touch us and stir us, that we might be able to believe what you say over our lives. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Fuel for the Journey. For more information, please check out www dot momentumchurch dot tv